0: There's a quarter to a third of the NBA that is, nobody else in the world is anywhere near that. And then there's a huge chunk of the NBA and a bunch of players that are outside of the NBA that are very interchangeable.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Better Blue Podcast, hosted by Ryan Kelly the man himself on the other side of the couch. On oh, the other side of the couch. And yours truly, James Michael McAdoo. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We're gonna be having a fun episode. I know I say that every time, but <laughs> it's true. It's gonna be a fun episode. We're gonna be talking a little bit away from the typical Carolina Blue Devils rivalry and whatnot. We're gonna be talking a little bit more about of um, just playing overseas and really kinda what led us to being, what I say, this is my fifth year as yep. an overseas professional basketball player, you've been over here half a decade, man. Crazy. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. But, like always, coming to you live and direct from Japan.
0: Hit that subscribe button down below if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, uh, make sure you're ready for all the downloads on Spotify or or Apple Podcasts. Um, Follow us, Better Blue Podcasts, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the – all this stuff, have to remind you guys and for our new watchers and listeners. And, uh, you know, how about the mailbag? You want to say the mailbag?
1: Yeah, the mailbag is thebetterbluepodcast at gmail.com. Appreciate y'all getting us over 2,000 followers on Instagram.
0: 2,500 on TikTok. It 2, just went over today. 2,500
1: on TikTok. We've seen a couple of videos blowing up there. We see y'all's comments. We see the shade. And what do we say? <laughs> we love it. We love it. Keep sending it our way. Subscribers keep going up on YouTube, man. Hit us up. What do y'all want to hear us talk about? You know, we can't talk about the teams too much, man. They just, what did you say earlier?
0: Mired in mediocrity. Mired.
1: <laughs> that That's true. It's, it's been rough, man.
0: Yeah. We hit the, we touched last week a little bit yeah. on the uh, things that we saw as issues for yeah. Duke and Carolina. Um, just neither of them had yeah. shown a consistency at this point yeah. to be championship yeah. contenders. Doesn't mean it can't become that, but... Um,
1: I thought if we would have beat UVA, which is what I said in the previous pod. A little momentum. It would have you would have kind of got us back on the tracks. But literally when Baycock went down in the very beginning of the game, I was like, oh, here we go.
0: Have they you said know. how long he's going to be? He at? came back the the next game. Oh, that's right. He came back. He came no, back okay. the next yeah, game.
1: Yeah. But we still, yeah, we're right. still with, I mean, we were he didn't play the rest of that game. Yeah, he was done the game. We were down yeah. Pete Nance, um, who's still out now. So kind of got hit with a little bit of the injury bug and still not shooting the ball well
0: i at least you guys if you have baycott healthy yeah. you have somebody yeah. that is giving you 17 and 11 every single game yeah and duke duke does yeah. not have any consistency yeah. plus the I unknown mean, of the jeremy and yeah. roach injury yeah. is a real
1: issue y'all, you, you know filipowski went off against um, florida state at yes. home yep. really really saved that game for y'all um no, was it Florida State or Boston College?
0: No, it was. Uh, what was last week? We played Clemson, and before that, we were. Uh, this is bad. No, it was Florida State at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was Florida State at home. But Clemson uh, game. Then he put yeah, up no, twenty two so. shots and had a rough, yeah. rough day from the field. So yeah. it's more the consistency than the talent, right? We yeah. ha- we haven't found the consistency. So more the consistency than
1: yeah. the talent. You sound like a coach, man. Hey, you sound like a coach. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when this all, whole thing is done, you know, when... you
1: never know. <laughs> No, no way. <laughs> so, with that being said, we'll see. You know, yeah, we'll see. We'll a lot probably, of we'll see. We a said that we'll before see. the episode. We'll probably both be on the outside looking in as far as the top 25 goes. Looks like Clemson is the only undefeated team. There's a ton of two lost teams. I don't think there's any one lost teams yeah. in the ACC. But um, we're not – Either of those. As of
0: recording time, we're both, what, four and three in the ACC? Smack dab in the middle, which is the definition of mediocrity.
1: (laughs) Probably – I I mean, we've been saying this a lot lately, but going to have to win out to even have a chance to win the ACC. Chance. Regular season, but that's – yeah, that's out the window. Yep. But we'll see, man. Yeah, it's not like we're not tournament teams.
0: It's nothing like that. It's not the complete disaster. It's just – like yeah. I said, neither team has found any, any level of consistency. I think
1: our best win, and y'all tell me if I'm wrong, is College of Charleston. They're good. They're the only – I don't think Ohio State's top 25 right now. I don't think Michigan is top 25 right now.
0: And tell the people who said yeah, College you of Charleston you did
1: would be a tough – Pat Kelsey, man. I told you. He's actually a fun follower on social media. He's is like he? There's like a couple of videos floating around. He was – getting everybody riled up in like the cafeteria down there and uh after they won they had a big game i forget who they beat um high intensity high intensity yeah yeah Yeah. but that could be us man we could take our talents to a small (laughs) d1 school man build it up from the ground up man hey anybody out there any any ad's out there (laughs) Any school, Co-head coach Any school president. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. We, you know, we bring a special pedigree. So, untested, but hey. Yeah. hey sometimes you got to take a chance. <laughs> got to take a chance. Taking a chance, man. Speaking of. What a transition. What Beautiful. a transition. Hey, professional, man. I take this seriously. Professional on the mic. Um, talk to the people about, you know, five plus years ago when you – put the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, in the rear view, and you said, honey, we're going overseas. <laughs> we're
0: going overseas. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me say this first. I didn't want to. Sure. Um, yeah. I had quite the story that led to going overseas. Um, so strap in. I'm here. Um. I. Because <sighs> you're not well-traveled. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not super. Little, I'm not
1: super well traveled, but I'm. I've been around.
0: You've been more than I yeah. have. Yep. I. I. For those who don't know, after yeah. my four year stint in the NBA, I played in Spain for a year, and then I've since been with the same team in Japan, yeah. which pretty unheard of.
1: Shout out to Sun, Sun Rockers, Rockers baby.
0: Um. So, after my fourth year in the NBA, this is 2016-17 season, I believe. Hope that's right. Um, I was on the Hawks that year, I think just last week or two weeks ago, I talked about the fact that I had been cut, re-signed, and when I was re-signed to the Atlanta Hawks in the early, late winter, early spring of 2017, I signed a two-year deal, so it was basically a few months plus another year. Uh, As I also mentioned, the Hawks were in a transitional position, a time, where um, they traded away Kyle Korver. Yeah. The roster was shifting. The front office shifted as well. They um, At that time when I was being brought to the team, a lot of it was about Coach Budenhoser liked me a lot, and yeah. he at that time was both the head coach and the director of player personnel, I yeah. think, was his position. or yeah. So he had say on sure. the roster. Um, following that season, we lost to the Wizards, I believe, in the first round. Um, John Wall, Bradley Beal. Okay. Um, I think that was that year. And they decided to, first off, change the GM. Uh, new GM was named Travis Schlenk. Yeah, he was, he was a warrior, uh, assistant GM. Yeah. And then also they stripped Coach Bud yeah. of his player personnel decision-making yeah. power. Gave that all to Travis yeah. Schlenk. So... The other caveat was that my contract became fully guaranteed on like July 6th for the next year, that summer, yeah. summer of 2017. So all these, I'm throwing out all this just to yeah. lay the groundwork of what ends up happening.
1: Season's over. You're at the crib. you like, man, I need to get this, get past July, whatever. July, so my, so my yeah, 6th, I think it was in my contract. Yeah. So, um, and actually,
0: I stayed in Atlanta because yeah. I was like, yeah. We we're renting our apartment. I thought, yeah. I got to be around this right now. There's a lot of yeah. transition, so I need to be around. Um, long story short, that was also the same summer that uh, the Houston Rockets, I don't know if you remember, in and around the CP3 trade, they were bringing in a ton of contracts to then use to fill out the yeah. trades. So a bunch of guys were getting traded yeah. in and out of Houston to yeah. facilitate the possibility of that trade. Travis Schlenk, who certainly did right by me, he was a new GM. I had not played the entire season, really. I barely got any minutes. He had no, you know, he wasn't like, I need to take care of Ryan here, whether he gets guaranteed or not. I don't, that's not, I doesn't matter to me, Um, which I, that's a business, as I completely understand. But what he um, attempted to do is trade me to the Houston Rockets, by yourself? By myself. And then with the ultimate thing that was supposed to happen was I was supposed to be then be traded to the Clippers. So I was supposed to be traded to Houston, traded to the Clippers, and then ultimately to be waived. Before July? Before that date. The reason he was doing this was with the ultimate goal to re-sign me, and I'm sure re-sign me to a non-guaranteed deal. So I'd have to make the roster. But being a place where I still had fans, right. Coach Boonholzer, yeah. all that, you know, and, and hopefully got a yeah. good opportunity at the very least. Um, Schlank traded me to Houston to Daryl Morey in Houston, and I was supposed to be, tra- be traded like immediately. And all of a sudden, there were, I wasn't traded, so I was in Houston—not literally physically yeah. in Houston—but my contract was yeah. your rights. Rights were controlled by yeah. Houston, and. Um, Funny enough, at that time, Mike D'Antoni was the head coach in yeah. Houston. And he actually called me and to say, I'm trying to do my best to keep yeah. you. Uh, but I, he had no player personnel power. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I also was not coming off a great year either way. Yeah. Two years, really. And Daryl Morey was all numbers. So yeah. there was really no chance. Yeah. Daryl Morey promised that he would trade me anywhere else before he cut me. The reason is, there's this random rule in the cba that if the atlanta hawks trade me once yeah and i get cut yeah the atlanta hawks can no longer sign me for a full calendar year if i was traded twice i could be signed by the hawks again (laughs) (laughs) who would have known (laughs) that um long story short daryl morey uh said worst case scenario i'll trade you to this team that owes me cash from a previous deal And then you'll they'll waive you and you can be re-signed by the Hawks. Ultimately, he held on to me me to the last second, like wow. an hour before the deadline that my contract got guaranteed. Wow. Which I never expected my contract to be guaranteed. That wasn't right. like an expectation. But and then he cut me. Dang. And I was no longer able to be signed by the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. And um I'm I'm not somebody that's sitting here going yeah. I was screwed because yeah. my father would always say producer perish. It wasn't like I was coming off yeah. if I had played better as a Laker or yeah. in, in my Atlanta Hawk year, yeah. wouldn't be an issue. So I blame myself above anything else. But that took the Atlanta Hawks off the table yeah. for the following year and I had yeah, little to no interest after yeah. that. Um I never knew this, bro. So another crazy thing to it is after that I go, all right. I got to play in summer league. I had yeah. never played in summer league because my oh, rookie year, hurt. I had my foot injury. Yeah. So.
1: It didn't make you playing into second year? I'm second surprised. year. I didn't.
0: I was a, it was a one year deal. Oh, so good. I was a
1: free agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So That's I never I did. You summer. Got to play, you yeah, like, yeah.
0: I never did yeah. summer league. And because that was my best year in the league yeah. it was my rookie, rookie
1: year. You didn't miss anything, man.
0: So I go to summer league and this random thing with the dates and times of the waving and, yeah. Atlanta Hawks said, oh, we'll take care of you. You're on our summer league team. You're going to play minutes. Like after all this happened, we're going to take care of you. But there was some random rule where literally the time of day that I cleared the waivers and all that stuff that I couldn't play the first half of the first game. So I was in uniform, first summer league, the first game, and was just sitting on the bench. And then at halftime, I was able to play in the game. I never, I've never <laughs> heard
1: of that before. Yeah, that makes zero sense. I, I
0: believe we were playing against a guy who's in this league now in the B league, Chuck Diallo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in summer league yeah. against the team yeah, we were playing che- against. Yeah. But literally in the second half, I only played yeah. the second half of that game.
1: Um, anyway, so you finished the did rest summer of the summer league though playing with them.
0: Yep. Okay. Play with Atlanta through summer league, whatever that was, yeah. four five games yeah. in Vegas or whatever. Um, played okay, not yeah. great. Um, and ultimately didn't have any opportunities in the States. Just didn't You didn't have any? Well, I shouldn't any NBA. Yeah. I went to any real NBA. Yeah. I went to spend a week in San Antonio, free agency camp, stuff. Playing like that. there, yeah. you know, did all that. Yeah. Um but ultimately there was no contract yeah. in hand. And as you know, the league was shifting a little bit where, you know, the end of your bench wasn't going to be filled with yeah. veteran yeah. guys. It was all yeah. youth and potential. And Did you not have any, um, like, camp invites? I think I could have gotten a camp yeah, invite, camp invite. But, but it was not anything. Been I, anything. I had kind of decided at this yeah. point, family-wise, yeah. that I was not going to be doing a whole year of the yeah. G League, D League at the time, yeah. the G League, yeah. um, and trying to get a 10-day. Yeah. Because... Ultimately, for the first two years of my career with the Lakers, first first rookie season, I played a lot in the D-League, yeah. G-League. Because so, you were coming back from your foot, right? Yeah, I was coming back yeah. from my foot. I wasn't in the rotation. Yeah. Um, long story short, my over the course of my four years in the NBA, I got time in the G-League yeah. and always put up pretty big yeah. numbers. Yeah. So I was like... Do I yeah. really go and play in it when I've yeah. already done that? What, is, what am I going to show yeah. um, that I hadn't already? And, um, yeah, so that's where I, I was sitting there going, I should be on the Hawks or I yeah. would be on the Hawks right now, and now I'm all of a sudden overseas. So at what point did you start
1: fielding offers for overseas teams? Um, <laughs> because for those people that don't know, you know, free agency for overseas starts fairly early, you know, from May. Yes. June, you know, where the NBA is still in the NBA playoffs and all that, July, and I feel like it starts to pick up again around Summer League because you have guys that are making the decision, like, okay, I I played good in Summer League, I'm going to try to go to the NBA, or maybe I didn't do the best in Summer League, I'm going to sign overseas because there are a ton of, just like there's NBA scouts and player personnel people making decisions there at Summer League, that is the mecca for a lot of overseas teams to come because they're. Trying to sign guys as well.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of fringe for NBA sure. talent that is yeah. playing in summer league. Um, so I s- started to, around summer league time, yeah. think that this might have to be a possibility. Yeah. I was still holding out hope right. that I would get an opportunity, which eventually kind of came in the yeah. fact that I went to go play in San Antonio yeah. um, for a week and a half or something to yeah. train there. Um, so I was a little late. Yeah. I was a little late to that process. For a good reason. Yes, with yeah. with the hope, obviously. Yeah. And, um, yeah, ultimately ended up deciding that the best option was to go to Spain. Yeah, ACB. The ACB, which is considered, yeah. you know, outside of the U.S., the yeah. top domestic for sure. league. For sure. um, Outside of the NBA. And with the ultimate goal thinking, of course, I'm going to go overseas yeah. for a year in the ACB. Yep. kill, be back in the yep. league. And that was not ultimately what happened. There's some more story to that, but I'm going to let you hit <laughs> yours because no, <that's> <laughs> I'm talking too much. No, no, no,
1: that was great, man. I never knew that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew that was a rule where you you have to be traded twice. Um, otherwise, teams would probably do that a lot more. Yes. Yep. Um, but, man, that's for that to have led to you basically having to go overseas, that's kind of tough. But it's a business, you know, like your dad said. Producer perish, you know that's just what it is. That's the business we're in. For me, it was a little, it was a little different, you know. Um, I played for the Warriors for three years, and then I had, you know, the opportunity to when I got let go from the war. I just, I just didn't get re-signed. Then I hadn't played much that third year, and there wasn't much interest out there. And I waited so long. So where as you decided to go to play overseas, I waited, you know, to, you know, the very last minute um, to sign a two-way with the 76ers. And I kind of, you know, my wife will tell you she's actually right back here. So <laughs> yell, yell if I'm misspeaking, babe. <laughs> but we were, she was pregnant with our firstborn daughter, and I just was like, I can't have my daughter overseas, you yep. know, we got to be stateside. So that's when I inevitably had to take the best thing available, which at the time was a two-way with the 76ers. And one of their front office people was a Carolina guy. So he looked out for me. He was like, listen, I'm make sure you have all your days up with the NBA team so you can basically maximize the amount of money you're going to be making. Um, and also hopefully get an opportunity to showcase yourself. I did not just because – there was a stacked rotation of guys. Joel Embiid, um, Trevor Booker was on the team. Amir Johnson was on the team. Uh, Rashawn Holmes was on the team. Dario Sarge was on the team. Mm. So I was just, and these were guys that had been there. Yep. you know. So there was just no opportunity. But you know, hindsight twenty twenty, I got to be there. We got to have our daughter in the NBA in the United States. And when I got cut, which we talked about that last episode or a couple episodes ago, Mm -hmm. when I ended up getting waived, I found myself kind of like just, you know, back at the same point except we had already had our baby at that point. (laughs) So, again, there was not much overseas interest, so I ended up going to play in the G League. Long story short, I get hurt. So now I'm just like, all right, what do I want to do? Going into the summer, you know, it's the end of that fourth year. And I'm hurt from rehabbing all summer. And that's when I was like, I got to go overseas. You know, like I'm, I mean, I was basically like, I'm done with the NBA. Like it's over for me at this point. Like my only path back is for me was overseas. You know, I know I for sure could have gotten to a G League. I could have tried to go to summer league, you know, went back to play for the G League team that I was on before I hurt my knee, which was the Agua Caliente Clippers. Um, But you know, having a newborn, you know, having been married for, you know, five years at that point, maybe I was like, I got to make a I need to make guaranteed money here.
0: Exactly.
1: So that's when I made the decision to go overseas. And um, I mean, like you said, you make the decision very naively, very, very naively, yeah. you know. <laughs> Not that I knew I would be back because I knew how hard it was just to get into the NBA, you Mm -hmm. know, having gotten cut after I got undrafted and then making the team through the G League, you know. But for me, similar to you, I was like, man, I've done everything I could do, you know, like in terms of the G League. And I felt like the minutes that I did play, although it wasn't um, a ton of minutes, you know, it just was kind of tough because the most I played was really – you know that second and early in my third year, you know I didn't play much at the end of my third year with the Warriors, so there wasn't much film on me that summer, and um, I don't know, man. Everything happens for a reason, bro. Absolutely. You know, but I was—I'm not gonna lie—I was shocked, like after that third year when I didn't. I'm like, man, how many dudes are on a championship team, bro? And can't even get like a minimum deal. I'm like, dang, was, was I that cheeks, <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, bro? I'm like, man. But it is what it is, yep. you know, so.
0: There is not a – I can speak to to what? that in the sense that there's – LeBron James is a different level. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a quarter to a third of the NBA that is yeah. – nobody else in the world is anywhere yeah. near that. And then there's a huge chunk of the NBA and a bunch of players that are yeah. outside of the NBA yeah. that are very interchangeable yeah. in terms of what a team needs, For sure. um, a certain skill. What they want. Yeah, what
1: – who owes who a favor? Exactly. Yes. You know, like who, age. Who knows who.
0: Yes, exactly. There's a lot yeah. of things that go into you know yeah. player For sure. five through
1: yeah. fifteen on a roster. And a lot of people that are in our position like to, you know, say it's politics and I don't know what you would say, but I would just say, man, people are entitled Travis Schlink was entitled to do whatever he wants to do. That's his 100%, job. Yeah. His job was on the line. Yep. Those other twenty nine GMs are entitled to do whatever they want to do. There that's their job. Yep. You know. So at the end of the day, you know, I don't hold any ill will. It is what it is. You know. Of course, like you said, do I wish I could have played in the NBA for a lot longer? Absolutely. But so does everybody that ends up probably being on the outside looking in like ourselves. And that's when you just gotta, you know, put that NBA hat down and put on that. I'm an overseas Hooper hat, man. <laughs> it comes it comes with a lot of baggage. It definitely does. It comes with a lot of baggage. And you paying for that baggage. Yeah. <laughs> you are definitely the paying overseas for Overseas Hoopers know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> we don't care if you got the receipts, sir. Yes, exactly. I I
0: think too, people sometimes forget that, yeah, as an NBA player, you you do very well, right? Like we yeah. make good money. I'm not sitting yeah. here saying we don't, but and I was in the same boat. I had a family. Yeah. I had a eight-month-old daughter and a two-year-old son and you know that decision there was a lot of weight into that what's best for not just me what's best for my family for raising my kids for my wife's mental health all those things had to be a factor Um, and it certainly was a hard decision and ultimately when you're first going overseas you're relying on other people to help you,
1: oh yeah, you're totally blind. Make that decision. you totally
0: um, I always sit. <laughs> I always look back and go. And this is not a, a knock on the club. Yeah, Real Betis, like I said, is where I played. And when I was signing, I heard so many horror stories yeah. of late <laughs> payments in yeah. Europe. Yeah, so many. Every, excuse me, every player that I talked to when I was home in Raleigh yeah. or something in the summer they'd yeah. be like it is brutal you're, yeah. you're every late payment if you don't yeah. play well you don't get paid yeah. so I was to my US agent who was then relaying it to the European agent yeah. saying I want to be on a team that this is not a concern yeah. which little to my knowledge that's basically none of them <laughs> so but I signed with Real Betis. where this right. agent this Spanish agent Um, says, this team pays on time. They are not, they never pay late. So I left, got on that plane, thinking in my head, okay, at least that's taken care of. Maybe I could have made a little more money somewhere else, but I just do not want to be sitting around worrying about that paycheck to hit the bank account. And um, (laughs) I look back and I go, not one of those paychecks (laughs) came less than two weeks After the date it was due. But in
1: and around two weeks. Which is? On time. On time. <laughs> Any overseas hooper would be like, oh, your money was on time. Exactly. Like when you told me that, yeah. I was like, Ryan, your money was on time. Exactly. So two weeks late, that's, I, on time.
0: that's the naivety. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I, uses, I really didn't know yeah. that. Use. Shout out Japan, where yeah. that is yeah. not a nah, concern super at all. That is
1: actually coming on time. Yeah, they're professional. Yeah, yeah super no, professional. Hands down, no questions asked. Extremely professional from top to bottom. Did you have any, uh, well, talk about your, just ultimately yeah, where so, you ended up and decision. So I ended up going to Italy because, I'll tell you why, similar to you, I had dealt with my NBA agent my entire, you know, career. Yep. So here I am like, hey, you know, we're going overseas, what's the European agent talking about? Which is a terrible, which I've since moved on from that agent and I'm, Thankful because now I have Strictly an overseas agent and mm-hmm. I talk to him directly, which is yeah. great. And I recommend that for anybody. I didn't do that. Right. So, but go ahead. <laughs> right. But your situation is a little, a little talk, different. It's a little yeah. different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm just getting, you know, it's like telephone, you know. And so long story short, my agent's like, hey. Actually, I take that back. My agent didn't even get me the job that I first signed with. A former Carolina guy got it to me because Larry Brown, a lot of y'all might know, you know, Hall of Fame coach, coached for the Pistons back in the day, played for Carolina way back in the day. Larry Brown took a job there in Italy. So he was the head coach. So when Larry Brown called me, he's like, hey, you know, I'm putting a team together with Dante Calabria was his assistant who played at Carolina back in the day. So, he's like, hey, I want yeah, you nice to. Nice
0: setup is what you're yeah. saying. he's like, I want you to
1: come play for me. So, I'm like, oh, man, this is perfect. Yeah. You know, Larry's first year over there. He going to bring me over there with him. We're going to be running and gunning. You know, he's got connections. I play good. We do good. I'm bouncing right back to the NBA. Yep. He was fired by December.
0: <laughs> One of the greatest coaches of all <laughs> time, fa- yeah. by
1: all accounts. He was out of there by December. It's it was bad. Different they, animal. They got him and Dante up out of there. Mm. And, um. But it was such a learning experience that first year. You're just the bad. I mean, culture aside, living in a foreign country aside, the basketball was so different. Yeah, I'm sure we could talk about that. But it took like I it took that year. Like I had to just. It was like beating my head against. It was for ten months just beating my head against a concrete wall. Yeah, you know. But I tell you what, that second year I flourished because I knew I just understood it that much better. But it was it was difficult, man. But It looks so promising, you know, because when my agent and Larry is calling me, I'm like, sounds good, you know. Okay, top division, Italy. We're playing in Euro Cup. All right, I'm all in, you know, playing in a beautiful city, Torino. They pay on time? Cool, yeah, you're going to get your money. (laughs) It's the language there. That's that's the language. You (laughs) see see what I said? So so when he said, yeah, you're going to get your money, I heard, oh, "Oh, I'm going to get my money. Yeah, Yeah, cool. You're good team ended up going bankrupt, no longer exists. <laughs> it was rough, man. But you live and you learn, man. And I was so excited, though. Like, I look back to that time. i never forget, we were renting, a, me and my wife and our firstborn daughter, we were renting a townhome right there in Chapel Hill. I was so excited. Because I was, it felt, it almost felt like, all right, a new chapter. Yep. You know, the NBA is in the rear view. You know, if it happens, cool. But I'm going into something new, me and my family, we're going to Italy, you know. You seen it on, you know, you see the coolest yeah. pictures on Instagram, the chow bella, like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know. cup of cheese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which all that stuff is true, yeah. but there's a lot of just, it's rough man, you know, you're by yourself. You know, you, you get there, they, give you, they gave me the keys to my little Fiat, <laughs> they dropped me off at my little you know, via bar. what was it called? It was like via Bark and the Dairy, whatever, the street where I lived on, man. And that's it. And then you're on your own, man. And you just got to figure it out.
0: Yeah, I kind of got sold the bill of goods that Real Betis had been a, I mean, not a terrible club, but like first division in the ACB, yeah. but had, been on the, had never really been a playoff team yeah. in the league. And I had been told both by the Spanish-Asian and by the yeah. club that, they were investing a lot. They yeah. wanted me, a former NBA guy, right out fresh out of the NBA. And they had a number of guys who had played in the Euro League yeah. in the past. Um ultimately those guys, I don't want to call them they weren't over the hill, but they were on the other side yeah. of their career, were probably they were still good yeah. players, uh, but then also had the cachet of, you know, yeah. I'm a Euro League player. Yeah. And um you it just didn't title. Yeah, just yeah. didn't mesh And, um, you know, we had the experience of, I had a player on the team get kicked off one week into training camp one week. And this was, this was a guy who was supposed to be like one of our best players and they just gone. he was gone. I had a guy that a month or two later, um, they just decided we're, we're not having you on the team anymore, but ultimately did not want to cut his contract for money reasons and so they did here's one of those overseas things that's great that you you hear the horror stories they had him come to the gym every morning yeah. at five in the morning five a.m five a.m to do some kind of workout yeah. sometimes he'd do like a pool workout yeah. sometimes he'd do a workout yeah. in the gym um and it was it was just to try and break him you yeah. know so that he wouldn't just collect the money yeah. and and not have to work um but ultimately he ended up just waiting, he did it for a while, yeah. and waiting until he got it, the deal he wanted somewhere, somewhere else, else yeah. and signed somewhere else. But it was it was yeah. a mess. It was a mess. There were there were multiple players on my team. Again, they were on the later stages of their career. But after that year, they retired. Yeah,
1: they just said, "I get it, man. I'm done." I never forget. Before I went overseas, I've mentioned my OG Justin Watts before, but Jay Watts is an 11 year overseas vet, mm. which, and he's been all over, yep. but he's been in Europe, I want to say five or six of those years, which that alone is like 10 years, yeah. You know, not counting the other five or six years. And i never forget, before I had went over the see this probably was the summer before I went over there, he was like, J-Mac, it's like a revolving door. Yep. He was like, it's going to get to a point in the season where dudes going to be coming in, you ain't even going to introduce yourself. Because <laughs> you're like, man, I don't even want to get attached. He said that to me. I'll never forget when he told me that. Is that I,
0: why you learned that from him? And then, like, for
1: six months, first six months, he barely said I, a word to man, me? <laughs> that is that is another That's another story, man. That's, that was a different time. Okay. But he told me that. And I, I remember laughing, like, LOL, ha, 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 you know? Yeah. But it's true, man. I got there to Italy, man. Dudes was out of the door. Dudes was cut, waved, sent back, sent packing before training camp was even over, man. And I'm just like, bro, we got the same con, you know? Yep. They don't matter, man. It, over there, it's a different. They different, man.
0: And I never had this experience, yeah. but even if they don't pay your money, it's such a fight to en- inevitably oh, yeah. get the money yeah. and your lawyers' fees yeah, and all types. I'll of I have to stuff. walk y'all
1: through my FIBA back case. Yeah, I didn't have that. So. I have to walk y'all. So basically, yeah. everybody out there, when you sign with these European any club, you know that's any reputable club, you are going to have a clause in your contract that basically says this contract is governed by. You know, FIBA, BAT, which is Basketball Arbitrational Tribunal, I wanna say. Especially the court that handles all contract disputes, you know? So that's, I ended up having to take on the team that I played for the next year, to court because they didn't wanna pay me any of my money, which is a, whole, that's another story. But, the whole pod. That's a whole <laughs> pod, for sure. But, um, Yeah, man, it's just, it's tough, man, because these teams, unlike, you know, here in Japan where you see a lot of teams smartly keep guys, try to build European teams, it's a new coach and an entire new team. Maybe their domestic guys are the same, but when I got to Torino, none of the five or six other Americans' imports, you know, were on that team last year. Yep. It's entirely new,
0: you know. I had uh, – my one year in Spain, I had three head coaches. Sheesh. Yeah. I mean, they fired Laird and they brought in the Italian guy. Well, what him. they did is fired the first guy, Sheesh. brought in a whole new coach. I didn't know that. And then yeah. fired him and just like the lead assistant, yeah. they made the head it's coach for the rest man. of the year. But it was the lead assistant that had been on the – with the club for years. You know, it was just a yeah. filler for the end of the yeah. year. We'll say this. Sounds like we're going into this negative realm. It's not
1: all no, bad. No, it's not.
0: I, one thing, oh, a couple of things were great, going to Europe, lived in Sevilla in yeah, the south in, of Spain. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, Game of Thrones, parts of Game of Thrones is, was filmed there. Um, beautiful place to live. Yeah. Got set up in a soccer player's house yeah. for Sev- Sevilla. FC or whatever it is. Because yeah, there's two yeah. soccer clubs in Sevilla, yeah. Real Betis and Sevilla. And was in this beautiful home, pool, hot tub, the whole deal. Nice. Um, which was amazing. And got to hop around to all around Spain when we had off yep. days. Went Malaga, y'all Barcelona.
1: Y'all were not in any of the international competitions. We weren't. So we played so once a week, which was brutal. Yeah. But
0: got some yeah. off time occasionally. Yeah. Um, hit portugal you know europe is is awesome for travel and um and another thing i would say that i think you can attest to for people that go overseas with families is you truly have to be a tight family unit when you go overseas family unit yes y'all yeah
1: i've said that i think that's one of the most difficult but also most beautiful things it's just like you know 100 percent unfiltered Family time. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Whether you I'm like sure our wives, yeah. you know, they're not going to the gym for three, four hours yeah, a day. Get so that it's break a lot more we do. difficult for them. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like you, man. I would say, you know, the negatives are fun to talk about and, you know, you, you laugh over them. And I love talking to old teammates from when I played in Europe just because of the grind. And you'd almost just come together, you know, with the late payments and the crazy coaches and the long practices and the you know bus rides, and you know we've talked about having roommates. You know yeah. getting over there and go from the NBA you where go, you're yeah.
0: you're in the Ritz and your own room and yeah. getting fifty dollars a day for a per diem, yeah. and then you're going. I was like a hundred bro, it was more than hundred, whatever yeah. it was, yeah. And uh, to, I don't know, maybe the uh, yeah. wo- championship warriors <laughs> to, did a little better. To uh,
1: <laughs> you walk into the to the hotel room in Bormio, Italy, and the Joker is. They got the beds put together. Two single beds together, switched together. Yeah. That's <laughs> single beds, like you I'm laying beds. down. It's to my yeah.
0: shin. Yeah. And you, you gotta, know, you got to yeah. you rearrange the entire hotel <laughs> the <whole> room, <laughs> separate the beds. You're a grown man, yeah. rooming
1: with some young <laughs> European kid, but man, it's it's one of those things where it feels like a marathon some days. It feels like a sprint some days. But I can't wait to. I can wait a little bit longer, you know, because I, I definitely want to play a lot longer, <laughs> yeah. which we talked about. But looking back, it's just like, man, it's you know, this we're we're doing years away from the United States of America, and it's 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 sad at sometimes because you miss birthdays, you miss holidays with loved ones and friends. A lot but of FOMO, yeah, for sure. A lot sure. of FOMO, but you know, these are memories that you know you're making with your loved ones, making with you know you guys and. um there's other people here, and uh, you'll you'll never forget that. You know, even this summer, my wife was talking about trying to go back to Torino, Italy, you know, and it'd be nothing for, just like it'd be nothing for you to hop on a plane and fly to Sevilla. You would know your way around. Yep. I could take you right now to Torino, Italy. I could show you around. I could show you, you know, where you can get this, this, and this, you know. Um, so, exciting, man. Exciting. And, you know, relatively I think I played for three clubs in Europe, you know, and now I'm here in Japan. You play for one. But like I said, there's some guys that, you know, are playing 10-plus years, and they're playing on a different club over there every year. So just imagine some of their stories. And we're going to try to get some guys, you know. We've talked about this. A lot of your favorite former Blue Devils, a lot of your favorite former Tar Heels, you know, are still playing, you know. We see the comments, people are like, man, y'all are still playing? Yes, we are still playing. We we'll have to post some clips, man. Yeah, from us some But yeah, we, I would love to get some, you know, some of our former guys on here that are playing over in Europe, playing in Asia, and down in South America, just to you know tell you a little bit about their experiences. Um,
0: That's a whole conversation too. Why yeah. there's for whatever yeah. reason, not because Duke players aren't yeah. in the NBA, right. but there aren't a ton yeah. of Duke players. There, there are a few, but for there sure. aren't a ton that have yeah. had long yeah. uh, overseas careers. Yeah. Carolina's done very well. Yeah throughout overseas um yeah. just an interesting conversation yeah. but yeah like you always say we're blessed man we are blessed and yeah, we're very blessed. We blessed and uh hey it all led us right here right to here this couch, to this couch to the better blue podcast yeah. shout out ikea japan <laughs> man shout out
1: lomac for putting this together for those watching too look at this beautiful new rug lomac that brother, have. Like, we're getting a rug <laughs> They came the next they got here to fifth it was here to sixth
0: you know what i would love in the comments too we've been having this discussion about sitting in this couch and we we've we've talked about should there be things here like we're making this work in a japanese apartment it's it's not exactly built for the size of mac and i um but you know would it look better on the set as we call it (laughs)
1: Y'all let us know. Shoot. Let us know in the comments. We'll Throw in the mailbag. Yeah, we'll even drop y'all our address, man. Yeah, you want to ship it <laughs> out y'all to Japan? you start sending us some stuff.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> will take it. We, we will take absolutely it. take it.
1: Might take a few weeks to get here, but hey. Good times, man. Always good times here on the Better Blue Podcast. Hit us in the mailbag, Podcast at gmail.com. Ryan Kelly. 34. On all platforms. James McEldown on all platforms. Shout out to our wonderful producer, manager, talent, talent agent. To everything. Everything. Yeah. Any promos, sponsorships, hit him up. We are open and welcome, baby. <laughs> open for business. We will wear it right here. <laughs> we will prop it up right here. We will make room.
0: We're, this is what this is for, for, for things. Have
1: your products featured here.
0: <laughs> hit that Blue. subscribe button, yeah. as always. Give us a follow. Give us a like. We yeah. appreciate you all. for uh, This is episode 12.
1: Yeah, I lost count. Yeah, I know. We're just on our third I just see it point. on the YouTube. It's just
0: oh, okay. 12. Uh, 11, it. 11 comes oh, out. that came out last week. 12 now. Oh, so, man. yeah. Let's keep going.
1: Let's keep it rolling, baby.
0: See you next week.
1: Peace.